0: Thanks for tuning in to the Adaptics Conversations podcast. At Adaptics, we're always seeking to learn new things so we can fulfill our purpose, empowering business leaders and organizations to continually grow and improve. With each episode, an Adaptics team member sits down with a new business expert to compare and contrast experiences around growth, improvement, and leadership so we can learn from each other and most importantly, share with you. If you're interested in finding more episodes like this one or want to learn a little more about what we do, find us on LinkedIn or visit our website at odaptics.com.
1: Hi, welcome to the Adaptics podcast. This is episode three, new installment for you. My name is Andrew Schweiger. I am our chief operating officer. Today we are joined by Mr. Landon Riley, who is our host and also Adaptics operations manager. And we have our very special guest. Mr. Jared DePiro, who is the events and entertainment assistant coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Uh, why don't we start out by you telling us a little bit about yourself, your career history. I bet our uh, listeners are dying to know more about the sports market, and we are, too. <laughs> and, uh, you live and breathe it every day. So take it away, man. Yeah, uh, just a little bit background about me.
2: Uh, you know, I grew up playing sports, football, baseball, basketball, anything I get my hands on. So it was kind of an easy choice, although there was a time period where I wanted to be a doctor. But then I realized I was I was afraid of needles. So that wasn't the career choice for me. Um, so going to sports, you know, high school, I was going in. I had a coach, football coach, Coach Tillman, who Landon might know because actually uh, viewers purposes. Uh, oh, we yeah. went to high school together. So um, he told me in the sports marketing class, said cared if you're serious about this, like, I really think you could really do what you want to achieve and I'd always want to be in marketing or events side because I'm not somebody who wants to frantically sit at a computer all day um, Just because I'm not I'm not the most technical savvy person um, so it was just kind of an obvious choice and going to school after that I really focused on marketing just because my uh, my parents wanted me to go more generic business because you know just in case I ever wanted to go out of sports which I don't think I ever will but I'll have that I'll have that degree to where I could go do something else outside of it. Um, and then, you know, from there, while I was in school, I worked for the Columbia Fireflies. the only professional sports team in Columbia. I went to South Carolina for listeners purposes. Um, Columbia campus. Uh, yeah, so they only had the, the Fireflies there. So I actually had a connection there where my, uh, my guidance counselor in high school, Dr. Ba- uh, Brian Bacchio, uh, Landon might also know him. He helped me get the job there. And I worked there for about three years. Technically, if you count the COVID year, we, weren't, we didn't really have any games, but I was working there still. And um, then right about after the uh, 2021, I graduated in May and uh, kind of around middle of the season, I was kind of looking at some new stuff and I got the call from the Buccaneers that I got a part-time, uh, part-time job with them and uh, ended up moving to Tampa. And then from there, got with the Rays. And now currently, I just started a job with the Jaguars, as you said earlier. Um, I'm really liking it so far. So I'll definitely tell you guys a little bit more through the questions.
0: You know, it's like, it's it kind of funny because growing up, especially for like people like us, when we were in school, the thing we uh, always wanted to do was like work in sports, work in sports. That was the thing because we lived and breathed it. And it's kind of cool because it's like, when you think about it, you're living the dream that a lot of people at like at younger ages, like want to do. It's like, they want to work with their favorite team. And your first job was with your favorite team. It would, it's like kind of one of those things where it the stars kind of aligned for you and your career couldn't have started in a better way. But um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, this is my minors is uh, sport and entertainment management. So we have some crossovers in a sense, but through that industry, what you hear is it's a grind. It is nonstop. It is a lot of work, a lot of hustling, not a whole lot of days off and that's how you get yourself like to the top. And you've been able to live that firsthand. So can you give me like a little bit of an insight what it's been like working across these different sports from, you know, the Bucks to the Rays and now the Jaguars, what it's been like, um, that kind of industry and how it's, uh, how it's been to you and that kind of stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So actually, uh, my roommate that I'm staying with right now, um, I was telling her the other day, uh, Friday that uh, this is the first weekend, true weekend I've had completely off since I started working professionally when I left Columbia. Um, I, I haven't had a full weekend off unless I requested it. Um, so when I was leaving the office the other day, um, I, was, I was shocked that I wasn't put on any events or anything over the weekend, just because that's what I was conditioned to. Um, but, you know, my position now is a little bit different than what it was working with the Bucks and the Rays being part time on an events basis um so you know because the teams throw a lot of events over the weekends and then you know of course baseball there's a game every other day so uh, <laughs> I mean it's just the kind of the grind I mean when when you're in school and people are telling you about it from a from a teaching standpoint you know you listen and obviously you take it all in but once you're actually in it you kind of feel the grind because I mean it's everyone everyone's grinding all the time like there's just so much that goes into the production of a live sporting event that a lot of people if you're going in you don't really think about like, for instance, Jacksonville is a very big, huge military city. Um, the amount I think we're planning almost a couple flyovers. I think almost every game, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that, but I do have the production schedule and we we plan so much going into the season. It's crazy the amount of stuff that you really have to put into it. You know, you got halftime shows, you got pregame stuff. You know, potential like I was saying, potential flyovers. You have to clear airspace, get like all sorts of clearances just to run just the certain amount of things that you need to do for the fans. And when you go in as a fan, you go sit down, you're probably enjoying a beer if you're over 21. If not, you're just sitting there just enjoying the spectacle. And you don't really think about all the stuff that's really going on around you from, you know, the people running the scoreboard, the people taking statistics the people running analytics, people running events like me, people setting up fan zones, people just, it's, it's a lot. What is the
0: um, in terms of like, this is like, I meant to ask you this earlier, so I didn't mean to uh, cut you off, but like, I meant to ask you this earlier is what is it like culturally working with football versus baseball? I know it's like, it's kind of a weird question, but I've always wondered, like, what is the environment like from a working side? Cause like, you get to see these things from a perspective, unlike us, we're the viewers we're the fans, but you get to see what it's like on the inside and out. So I'm very curious to see what it's like, um, culturally and like the environment, how that works just all that kind of stuff
2: yeah so I would say the biggest difference and it's a difference in the amount of games we're playing right so the NFL you have 17 regular season games and the MLB you have 162 so the inherent pressure to make sure everything goes smoothly in an NFL game and an NFL home especially an NFL home week, like it's it's a lot more and honestly it's not even I would not even say that like I wouldn't say my bosses with the Bucks or anybody put any extra pressure on us. Like it's all, but it all comes internally, right? Cause inherently you only get what nine, if you're lucky, 10, maybe cracks at, you know, really, really doing your job the way you want to do it. And especially working in marketing and fan experience like with the Buccaneers, I haven't done the season with the Jaguars. So I can't speak too much on that, how that experience is going to go. But going back to my time with the Bucks. You know, you really have a very high impact on the fans. And especially as good as the Buccaneers were the last year, the tickets were not cheap. So being able to actually like make these people's experiences matter and like elevate the game day, you know, atmosphere is what you're really trying to do. And honestly, that's why I love sports so much is because so many people love it. And the fact that I can have, the, you know, ability to enhance someone's, you know, viewership experience of a game or make a li- a lifelong fan just because of an interaction I had. Yeah, I-, I had multiple parents come up to me when I was working with the Bucks and the kid zone come up to me and say, you just made my kid's day, like, he's going to remember that forever, stuff like that. And it's just, it's a lot of great stuff. Um, and baseball more so, it's, I wouldn't say it's relaxed, but I would say it's definitely less pressure, like, you know, it's so long. There's a lot of things, you know, that happen during the span of a season. So you kind of expect like, okay, if something goes wrong, like you just fumble over and go to the next, the fireflies, you know, we have so many games and, you know, it's, it's not a major league team, but we still Columbia fireflies have one of the, you know, largest uh, low A attendances in all of baseball. So you're still getting eyes on the product and you expect mistakes. They happen. Um, especially with the frequency that you're playing. So that's kind of the bigger difference, I would say. And like I said, I still wouldn't say it was super organizationally put on you, but it's definitely something within, you know, when
1: you have less amount of times to do what you're doing, you know, you're going to feel it a little bit more when you make a mistake. Is that Jared and Grant, we're talking the difference between baseball and football here. I I understand that. Does some of that pressure that you said that you feel, I'm, I'm curious it's obviously self-imposed, right? Because you're working with a professional sports franchise, which by the way, you guys said it earlier. It's everybody when they're young, it's their dream to do that. It's my dream still, and I'm old. Okay, so (laughs) let's let's be real about it. I'm kind of kidding. Um, Does the pressure though uh, come both from yourself, the fact that you're working in professional sports, it's the show for for a reason, right? Whether it's football or baseball. Does it come from the organization let's call it intangibly. I mean, I know you're not going to have somebody breathing down your neck, but do they set in in both of those kind of standards for success and excellence that you just naturally have to follow because it's kind of baked in? Yeah. So especially with the bucks, um, you know, a little highlight that they like to brag
2: about. And it's awesome. It's an awesome achievement. I'm happy to be a part of it. The last 10 years, they've been number one in, in fan experience and customer service. So they've literally held that title for a decade. So they're re- like. That's something they really push. Like when I got there last August, I had to do a, like a 30 minute video on all the ins and outs of what they expect from a game, like a, a game day employee, even though I was more than on game day, but that's what their real emphasis was on the video was, you know, telling us how we need to interact with fans, how to really represent the organization. Um, and I think a lot of NFL teams are big on that. I think, I mean, a lot of companies in general, you know, you want any, any variety of professions, you want to be represented the best you can. But especially from a team that had just won the Super Bowl and had, you know, 10 years in a row of being the greatest, you know, and voted by the fans, customer service team in the league, you want to hold that title. So, like I said, like you said, it's no one breathing down your neck, but it's kind of like the standard, at least for the Bucs. I can't speak on every other team, but for the Bucs, it was kind of the standard. And it's a great standard to have. And I'd say our entire team really lived up to that because I think we touched a lot of fans and made the game day experience, you know, even better from what it was. It
0: seems like one of those things that goes like across industries in my and was my line of thinking, because I'm thinking like how much pride they take in like customer service, how much um, like limiting mistakes on game days, on big performances, stuff like that. It's just one of those things that it seems like your skill set that you develop working in sports almost sets you up so well to do so many different things with your career because it gives you these foundational, um, th- these foundational kind of things you learn that could just go across industries. It's like when I hear you say that, I'm like, well, that that sounds like someone that anyone would want to hire or have work for them because it's, it's about diligence. It's about hard work. It's about being punctual. It's about uh, caring about how you're uh, taking pride in your work, the customers, interacting with them. Like it's it, just hearing you say that is what it makes me think about um and it's kind of interesting because we do like you know organizational culture stuff here and to hear how usually what we're used to is hearing um you know the different kind of uh big industries like what it's like working in those kind of companies and not from like a sports side of thing. it's a completely different field so it's just interesting hearing you go back and talk about exactly how that works and uh the ins and outs of it
2: yeah i'll kind of touch up on that like I just want to shout out all of my live entertainment people that could be listening to this. Cause like anybody who works in entertainment kind of gets it. Like we're all like doing this for a common goal. We want to elevate the experience for the viewer, or the fan, whatever it may be, whether that be a concert, whether that be a, you know, live sporting event, like that's really kind of what you'll hear from most people that work in that field is that's what we're trying to do. We all have a common goal. So I just
1: wanted to point that out. That's really cool for whatever it's worth, man. Cause I, you know in my previous career when i worked in mergers and acquisitions i was around a lot of different industries and i can tell you it is not like that <laughs> in many others there's some of those that landon alluded to and, and many others you know people and i'm sure it's this way in sports to an extent but people aren't always aligned around a common goal in fact that's the reason adapt exists right as we we measure that on the cultural side as a matter of fact um but that's got to be really, really powerful and enjoyable to be a part of that. And obviously, in the case of Tampa Bay, it's produced some amazing results, right? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Do, do you ever see, and again, don't name names, you know, we'll, we'll protect all the guilty and the innocent here, right? Do you ever see any uh, roadblocks to that in professional sports where maybe there's things that do get in a way, whether it's human behavior or it's values that are inherent to an organization or anything like that? Um, That's kind of a vague question, but yeah, it, does that make sense?
0: Well, it can, and, you know, it, it, to add on to that, like, in terms of you could even just talk about how the, the difference between, like, what you saw with the different places you've worked, you know, like yeah. the different roadblocks you may have had at one place to another to another, even going back to when you were in college. Like, it's just kind of one of those things that um, I'm kind of curious to hear about.
2: Yeah, so especially I'd say people my age. Um, so kind of backtracking. But this one, um, COVID really set back sports, especially for people my age coming out of college. And Landon's aware of this. Um, jobs, you know, so usually how a lot of you know that will work is a lot of, and I, I, maybe it doesn't go out that way for everybody. But it's assumed that at a college, you know, you'll do a postgraduate internship somewhere, and that will lead you to better set up for a full-time job in sports. Which most of the time it does. Um, but really the big thing was I was coming out of college, so my graduating class, we're competing with class of 2020 because there was no interns really in sports because were, A, there weren't any fans watching any of the games because they weren't allowed to, and B, the companies were trying to cut corners. I wouldn't cut corners, not in a bad way, but cut you know, as much cost as they could because you know, they're not going to make as much money with no fans. Um, so there really wasn't a lot of internship availability. So there was, there was teams that still had them. I'm pretty sure the Bucks still had them but uh, to a limited capacity. Uh, so, you know, after that, you know, you kind of get set back and people are competing with the previous graduating class to go in and then those people had time to get experience. So a lot of people my age started the route that I went on and started with a part-time thing with a team or maybe two, like I ended up doing. And um, I will say at the start, you know, it's, it can be frustrating at times um, when you're working a job like that, just because, you know, I went to college, I just graduated, you know, I have a lot of friends in different industries that went to go on and get a full-time job directly out of college. Obviously, they're in a more demand-based, you know, field like, you know, IT or engineering or whatever, but um, it can be frustrating at times, and I think that gets to some people. So um, that could definitely be a big roadblock that I would say, just from what I've noticed, you can see that some people my age or maybe even a little older that were still stuck in the same position can grow a little frustrated. I mean, everyone's different. So... I'm not here to judge anybody on that. And I completely understand the frustration, um, but I know a couple people that I worked with that we all kind of shared that is like, okay, like I like this job and I think it could get me somewhere good, but I think I can do more. And that can sometimes get in the way. I would say for the most part, um, the, the main thing that really gets in the way are the people that um, that think that working in sports is just gonna be a direct avenue to A, interact with the fans and B, just get free entry into everything um, because a lot of those people don't really show up and work the hardest. And I'm not name dropping anybody, but I've seen it before. Um, people just kind of you know go and want to take pictures of players, get autographs and do all that when you're not supposed to, especially because you're representing the organization. And while you can be a big fan, like as, as Landon kind of mentioned, the Bucks are my favorite team, but you know, they always will be. I grew up a Buccaneers fan. I didn't really have a choice. I was born into it. But, you know, there's still a level of, hey, like, I can't fangirl if Tom Brady walks by me, or if I'm working an event with Joe Tryon Shwayinka, the first round draft pick the year that I went there. Like, I can't, I can't fangirl. I mean, obviously, you can talk to them and, uh, you know, on a, you know, when they're done with the event, but, you know, that's something you have to maintain a professionalism about you. And some people can't handle it um, once they get into the limelight. So that could maybe get in the way. But, really the majority of people that at least that I've worked with firsthand haven't really had that issue. So um, I can only think of a couple instances where that kind of got in the way. Um, but
1: would, I will say. Just, in- sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. You remember, uh, you do have us those tickets for the first home game in the Jacksonville season though, right? <laughs> <coughs> can maybe work that out. See, sure. um it's kind of interesting. I know I talked
0: about this earlier, but the more he talks about working in the industry, it's like he talks about professionalism. He talks about the different things that translate across both, which is so interesting to me is hearing someone who works in a completely different field, talk about a lot of the same things, Andrew, that we talk about on a daily basis. Yeah. Like the stuff that we analyze, the stuff that we talk about, it's just interesting hearing someone from a completely different side of things. Um, But Jared, one thing I'd want to ask you as we kind of wind things out, and this is something that uh, you know, honestly, me at 16 or 17 would have loved to have had uh, firsthand is what's uh, some sort of advice or tips you would give to somebody who's, you know, 16, 17, 18, whatever the case may be, who wants to pursue a career in your field and uh, the best things they can do to get to where you are. And that doesn't just relate to, you know, just sports, but in general, like the type of qualities that it takes to be that kind of person.
2: Um okay so first get your hands in now if you're 16 17 in high school i got my start in working in sports working for the high school baseball games at river bluff and working with dr vacchio who i mentioned earlier um and we were you would never think that playing fart sounds in a high school baseball stadium could get you anywhere but <laughs> it can i'm i am a testament to say that it that it can um get your hands in anything you can like you know there, i know there's a lot of different aspects of sports so whatever you want to do um It doesn't hurt to be around the game that you want to work for or any sport in general, just to have the experience because, you know, like teams are going to understand if you're in high school, there's not a lot of opportunity. But if you do live somewhere with a professional team, I heavily advise if you're in high school, trying your hardest to get a game day position with one of these teams because there's a lot available. I can speak for the Jaguars. We're looking for people right now um, to to fill game day positions in our department. And, you know, it's super helpful to get that kind of experience, get the hands on game day atmosphere if you can. But if you're in a place like we were landed in Columbia, where there's not a lot of availability in terms of professional sports, get your hands in high school, get your hands in college, anything you can get your hands in. But the biggest thing just from a professionalism standpoint, I would say that you could do is network, like get to know people, like have conversations, like talk to everybody, soak in as much, be a sponge for information, soak up everything you can, because you never know who down the line is going to be the person that could help you get the job because you know, sports is competitive. Sometimes it's all about who you know. There's a lot of people who want to be in the sports industry, so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of times where it really comes down to oh, this person knows somebody. Like sometimes you could be the best candidate for a job. And This is just general life stuff too. It doesn't just apply to sports. Sometimes you could be a better candidate than somebody, but they know the CEO or the CEO's daughter's best friend, and they know. Me. Like it could be anything. Like just get to know people, and you know, don't burn any bridges with anybody professionally. Um, that's that's kind of my advice for someone trying to get into this industry because it can be hard.
0: Um, it reminds me of that old catchphrase: "It's not about the grades you make; it's about the hands you shake." And that's not yes. entirely true because grades are still important. But in, in your industry, it's like you said: it's all about networking and connections. But uh, that's just the first thing that came to my mind because I've heard that you know, growing up in school and stuff like that.
2: Oh, it is true. It's hundred percent true to some extent. Obviously, like you said, don't don't you know try and pass by just doing bare minimum. Um, you know, work your, work, work, your butt off and people will notice. And I know sometimes people get caught up on that and they think, oh, like I'm not getting noticed like X amount of time, uh, everything happens on its own time. And one thing I'll say, if you are starting a professional sports and you feel like you're kind of stuck somewhere, because I understand the feeling like the right team and right opportunity will definitely open up. Like everything happens for a reason. And I, I really believe that people end up where they're supposed to end up.